Welcome to Ed Council Insights. This is our podcast to provide insights into new developments in the Missouri education community. If you are a Missouri school leader, school board member, or any public educational decision maker in Missouri, well, you are in the right place. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that is surrounded by some confusion, I think in particular for board candidates, but also for board members. And it goes to an obligation that board members and board candidates have under the law, and that is the obligations associated with personal financial disclosures, uh, sometimes called financial interest statements and something that's contemplated by Missouri law for publicly elected officials, or at least some of them, and more or less regulated by the Missouri Ethics Commission, and something that uh, is... Uh, an area that we get a lot of questions about because I think there are a lot of points of confusion associated with the statute and then the guidance that comes from MEC. And so I think, and it's not necessarily because people haven't provided clear guidance, it's just that there are layers to the issue and that leads to complications. And certainly somebody that's not oriented to Missouri school law would find it difficult to navigate some of these waters given all of the ins and outs. And so today I have asked my partner, Emily Omahundro, to join me to teach me all about it and explain all of the ins and outs associated with PFDs and or financial interest statements. One and the same, right, Emily? Right. Yep. Here we go. Let's dive into this confusion, shall we? All right. Um, let's start with the big picture. And uh, maybe we can explain to our listeners a little bit about really what we're talking about, the, the personal financial disclosure requirement. Where does that come from and how does it apply to our public school board members? Right. So personal financial disclosures, the requirement to fill these forms out uh, comes from statute. And the purpose is really to provide the public with information about um, a public official or a public employee or a, a candidate for public office to inform the public about their financial interests. So, um, you know, it's kind of in the light of transparency, anti-corruption, disclosure, so that People know that when you are running for office or you're working in public office, that you are not trying to do things that are financially beneficial for you as part of your area of control or authority. All right. Uh, If we look at it from that angle, you've indicated that this would apply in some respects to board candidates as well as to board members. Let's Let's break it down because I think the requirements may be a little bit different in that regard. But if you are a board candidate, let's start there. What are the requirements that are associated with personal financial disclosures or financial interest statements? So if you are a board candidate, we file for board office, you know, you do sign up and then, um, you have to file your personal financial disclosure statement, your PFD, by 5 p.m. on January 10th. For, th- for this year, it would be January 10th, 2023, because you have 14 days from the closing date of K-1 
candidacy filing in order to file that PFD. There is some, there's a extension that, you know, you can get um, in terms of filing that. So they, the last final date to do that would for this year would be January 17th. So if you're listening and you haven't filed your BFD and you're a board candidate, um, you have until January 17th at 5 p.m. to do that. And then there are some nuances, but in, you know, in general, there's a, a form from the Missouri Ethics Commission that you have to fill out, that you have to disclose your own business interests and your family members' business interests and transactions that you've had with the uh, school district over the last calendar year prior to filing. And um, that just kind of lets everybody know what your interactions, your financial interactions have been or could be if you're elected for office. Now, you mentioned that you the, the initial deadline was January 10th, and then there is a another deadline, a secondary deadline, if you will, on January 17th, at least this year, that's, those are the dates, the dates. When you look at it, what are the penalties that are associated with somebody's failure to file within those deadlines? Start with the the 14 day one, which would be January 10th this year. If I haven't filed by January 10th, what are the consequences? So the consequence is a $10 per day for every day late uh, fine, essentially. It's a late filing fee. So if you failed to file on January 10th and you ended up filing it on the very last day on the 17th, so you'd have that $10 a day for the 11th through the 17th. Okay, and if I miss that secondary deadline on January 17th, then what's the consequence or penalty that's contemplated by the law in that right so the the penalty contemplated by the law is removal from the ballot so it's a pretty big penalty and so you know we have to keep that in mind too that it's not just something that you can get done later it's like right before you're elected or right after you're elected the result is that you are to be removed from the ballot now a lot of districts have adopted a policy that goes to this uh, issue of filing financial interest statements or PFDs, and that would be for board members or board candidates. But since we're talking about board candidates, how does that all fit into this? Well, that's where this gets confusing. <laughs> so the statute and um, the Missouri Ethics Commission have what's called there's a there's a long form personal financial disclosure statement and then there's a short form personal financial disclosure statement and the statute allows entities like school districts to adopt their own method of of having their board members and board candidates disclose this financial interest information and if they if the school district wants to do that, they have to create a policy. Um, the Missouri Ethics Commission calls it the school's ordinance, but in school speak, we call that our policy. So the district has to adopt a policy that tells the public, hey, we're not going to use this long method of 
personal financial disclosure for our board members and our board candidates. We're going to use this short method instead. And so the school district can adopt the policy that explains how what method they're using. And then they have to file that policy with the Missouri Ethics Commission every two years. And then um, the school district essentially becomes responsible for making sure that these forms are filed and well, it's ultimately the candidate and the board members' responsibility, but the school district kind of becomes the police the police about that. Then they are also responsible for enforcing any sort of penalties that would be associated with failing to file a personal financial disclosure. So there are lots of ways that the policy could be written, but at minimum, the policy has to explain who is subject to the policy, board members, board candidates, the chief administrative officer, the chief financial officer for the district. So the district gets to decide who falls under the short form of their policy. And then they get to decide how to enforce the policy. So there are form policies out there. And I don't know if you want to get into what those say about board candidates now or how you want to describe no, that. No, that's fine. I, I guess the if I am a, a board candidate and I've never been on the board before because we do have board candidates that have been you know, previously subject to the disclosure requirements and that sort of thing. But if I'm new to this world and I've signed up for board and I want to figure out what my obligations are, Sounds like you're saying that I need to check and see if we have a local policy that would address what my requirements are. Is that kind of the first place to start or? Yeah, that's the first place to start because, you know, when we look at these policies, some of the policies um, that districts have only speak to the obligations of board members and other employees of the district in terms of personal financial disclosure. Rather than um, candidate rather than rather than can candidates, exactly. So other other school districts policies include what candidates are supposed to do. So in terms of filing personal financial disclosures. So if there's a if there is a policy, if your district has a policy like this and you're a board candidate, you would look at that policy and say, all right, does this tell me what I am supposed to do as a candidate? And remember, you're not a board member yet. You are actually a candidate, not a sitting board member. So it might say stuff about board members, but you as a candidate are in a special category because um, you're not elected yet. So if the policy does not speak about candidates, then the, the statute really controls what you need to do and you need to file the full form, the full personal financial disclosure form with the Missouri Ethics Commission. You should, even if the policy doesn't say it, you should probably go ahead and also turn a copy of that into the, your district so that they have a copy of it as well. Um, and you need to have it filed by January 10th or with your late fee by January 17th this year, 2023. That, and then disclose the information that the form requires you to disclose. Now, if you're if you take a look at your policy and your policy says that you only need to, as a candidate, 
file a personal financial disclosure if you have engaged in certain kinds of transactions with the school district or your family members have engaged in certain kinds of transactions with the school district, you may not need to file for it because if you're only required to disclose whether you or your family members or your businesses have had, for instance, transactions of greater than $500 with the school district in the last 12 months, and you haven't had any transactions with the school district that were greater than $500 in the last 12 months, then you may be exempted from filing. But the policy might also say that you as a board candidate, even if you haven't had any transactions like that, have to at minimum file something that says, I have not had any transactions like that. So every policy may be different, but you need to know what your obligation is and make sure that you do it in a timely fashion because you know as we discussed before if we don't do that you may be removed from the ballot you should technically be removed from the ballot right because the statute contemplates that it, you're going to be removed from the ballot unless there's unless you've provided the disclosures in a timely fashion right right unless you've complied with either you know the statute or the school district's ordinance yes or Yes. Um, okay. So you indicated earlier that the school district might be responsible for kind of policing some of this, but really school districts really don't have much authority to do that, right? So they pretty much have to seek some sort of judicial intervention, take it and file something with the court to have somebody removed, unless the school just goes ahead and removes somebody from the ballot before it's certified. Is that kind of the way it works? Right. So we would need to have, you know, a conversation with the with the clerk's office and and you know prior to the certification of the the ballot. You know, one issue that does come up, Emily, with our board candidates is, uh, you know, if you have a board candidate that's filed that has either done business with the district or is currently doing business with the district. How does that all fit in with this uh, this requirement to disclose uh, the financial interests? Mm -hmm. We've gotten that question a number of times this year. So, um, you know, let's say we have a board candidate who owns a construction company, and prior to um, their decision to run, they went out, you know, answered bids for the creation of a new concession stand at the district and won that bid. They were the lowest best bidder. Um, so the question is, they're in the process of starting that construction and performing it, and then they decide that they're going to run for board. How kosher is that, right? And um, the answer is that that's something that is legally permissible. They won, you know, they won the bid before they were a board candidate, before they were potentially elected. Um, now they're going to have to disclose the transactions that they're engaging in with the district if they're greater than, you know, that $500 per transaction threshold um, or $5,000 for the year, if that's their construction business or their family's construction business. And so it doesn't bar them from being a candidate. It doesn't bar them from running. It doesn't bar them from taking office or finishing the project, but um, they are going to have to disclose that sort of thing. Now, what if it's not like one big project, but it's periodic business that we do with the district? So let's say I own a company that 
manufacturers water bottles and the sports teams buy water bottles from my company. I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to use the t-shirt example. Oh, I know. I kind of wanted to depart from the t-shirt example. Okay. Um, But so water bottles and t-shirts, fine, (laughs) fine. T-shirts and water bottles. So every town has somebody that's making t-shirts, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if I am the owner of that kind of graphic design business and I'm making those kinds of, you know, apparel and accessory items and the school district routinely orders homecoming shirts or uh, football team water bottles or whatever from, from me, can I keep doing that sort of thing? So the answer is maybe, you know, that might work out, but to the extent that any of those transactions would be greater than $500, which in this day and age, pretty much everything is, or if we reach a threshold where the transactions with me as a board member, if I become elected, approach the $5,000 a year threshold, then in order for me to be able to get that bid um, or continue to provide those kinds of items to the district, I'm going to have to to be a bidder on that. And and so in the past, we may not have been legally required to bid those kinds of transactions out because they aren't, you know, required by law just as a general matter to be bid out. But if a board member is going to be a, a potential seller to the district or vendor for the district, um, and that transaction is going to be over 500 or 5,000 after in the aggregate for for annual, then it has to be competitively bid. The uh, purchase has to be competitively bid. So, um, and then in order for the board member to get that business, it needs to be, um, the board member's bid has to be the lowest bid. And so, and that's competitive bidding. That's like, you know, posting in the paper and, and doing the whole bit like we would normally do, for instance, for certain kinds of construction projects. And, and then again, if I win those bids as a board member, I'm still going to have to disclose all that on my personal financial disclosure. Very good. Let's, yeah, we've been talking almost exclusively about board candidates. Um, uh, look, I want to talk more generally about board membership and uh, what board members' requirements are. Anything before we leave board candidates that you want to touch upon and that we haven't talked about? No, I mean, I think that's probably mind-boggling enough for Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, let's shift to, to board members and, and talk about what their requirements are with respect to the PFDs and the, or financial interest statements. What really is required? So uh, board members are going to be considered annual filers um, and need to file a personal financial disclosure annually. Unless, and we'll talk about unless, but if you're an annual filer, you have to file your personal financial disclosure by May 1st each year. And you're reporting your financial transactions from the prior year. So my May 1st, 2023 PFD will cover January 1 through, or January 1, 2022 through December 31, 2022. And I have to file that on or before 5 p.m. on May 1st. And I have to file either the long form of the personal financial disclosure, or if my district has adopted this policy slash ordinance that allows me to file a short form, then I can file only the short form. And the short form 
assuming that your district has one of these, is a form that you disclose whether or not you've had, and to the extent that you have what those are, those $500 or more transactions with the district, or the aggregate of greater than $5,000 annually with the district, um, whether you've had those transactions as a board member or a business owned by a board member. So your district's policy slash ordinance, if you have that, that allows you to file the short form, probably requires you to either fill that form out or check like not applicable. No, I did not have any of those transactions in the last calendar year. One or the other of those with the ethics commission. Now, your your school district's policy may say, hey, if you haven't had any of these transactions, you don't have to file anything at all. But it really, again, we're going to be paying really close attention to what our school district specific policy is, because that's going to tell us what we are required to do in order to avoid an ethics violation. Um, so, so we don't want that to happen. You know, one thing that's probably worth noting at this point is that You've mentioned several times the uh, local policy. That's not that's just a one-time adoption, right? No, it's by biennial. So you, the school district honored right. before September 15th every other year has to turn that in to the Missouri Ethics Commission. And honestly, I feel like it probably would just be best practice to do it every year so you don't forget. <laughs> on the yeah. off year but um you know yeah you have to the board has to kind of proactively readopt that that policy every, at least every other year and it has to be filed with the ethics commission in order for the district to to be considered kind of its own boss about these personal financial disclosures and again going back to the purpose here you know we were talking about the local ordinance might might say that you don't have to do certain things but the purpose behind it is generally to make sure that we're having enough disclosure to the public so that they're on notice that uh, there might be some sort of financial conflict, right? Right. You know, and I also think just from kind of a smaller community perspective, in, in some communities, there are only single source vendors for certain things. So there may be one company that does lawn mowing or one company that does snow plowing or one company that does HVAC work. And so it, it may be unavoidable for a board member to, and, and not, and not unethical or shady at all for a board member's business or board member's personal, you know, personal family member or whatever to be engaging in this business with the district, this needed service or you know, vendor relationship, but yeah, it's, it's certainly, it's a chance for the public to know and understand what that looks like because these personal financial disclosures are open records and, um, you know, there are things that the public does need to know. And then, you know, we don't end up in a spot where a member of the public feels like a board member was not being transparent about their, their monetary relationship with the district that they hold an office in. Let me ask you this. Are there other aspects of the uh, financial interest statements or personal financial disclosures that as a board member, uh, because you sit as a board member, you know what this is like, you know, are there things that you would, uh, if you were sitting next to someone at a, uh, one of your fellow board members, 
that you feel like they need to know about the PFDs, about the financial interest statement? Anything else other than what we've talked about today? Um, I think that it's important. I mean, I already said to look at the policy, but I, I think, you know, understanding that the policy may require you just keep this in mind to file with both the Missouri Ethics Commission and your own district. Um, so, so pay attention to that too, that, and, and then this is, you know, a personal obligation. You need to do this. No one's going to do this for you. The board secretary is not just going to take care of it. So, you know, it's something that you really need to, that you really need to take responsibility for, because again, you know, it can, it can result in, in penalties. It can result in suspension from office. It can result in an ethics complaint against you. So those are the things that we need to keep in mind. And it's your responsibility as an elected official. Like you said, it's not the yes. district's responsibility. It's Correct. you as an elected official. Yes. Okay. Well, um, last chance for a parting shot. Anything else you want to you wanna say before we close this one out? Um, I mean, I'm not going to take any shots at you today. I think you've had quite <laughs> <a> <laughs> I didn't necessarily mean it, me. Well, oh, uh, sorry. I just All right. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Emily, for taking the time today to Thank talk you. through this one. This one's a little bit confusing, but hopefully we've given enough information that our board candidates and board members at least have a feel for what they need to do and where they need to go to pick up that trail and, and make sure that they're meeting their obligations. And thank you, listeners, for taking the time today to listen to Ed Council Insights. We hope you'll follow and share our podcast on social media and subscribe to hear upcoming episodes on current legal topics and issues related to school law. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn, or you can check us out at our website. Just Google Ed Council, that's E-D-C-O-U-N-S-E-L, all one word, and you'll find us there. Glad we could be together, and thanks for listening to this edition of Ed Council Insights.